we cannot break bread with you. You have taken the land which is rightfully ours. Years from now, my people will be forced to live in mobile homes, on reservations. Your people will wear cardigans and drink highballs. We will sell our bracelets by the roadsides. You will play golf and enjoy hot hors d'oeuvres. My people will have pain and degradation. Your people will have stick shifts. The gods of my tribe have spoken. They have said, do not trust the pilgrims. And for all these reasons, I've decided to scalp you and burn your village to the ground. Welcome to the Deep Dive Podcast, a never-ending quest to find something, anything to watch on streaming media. It's season three. Season three, I can't, can't believe, believe it. it. Oh my God. I can't believe it. Uh, and they thought that we were gone and they rejoiced. Well, guess what? You're wrong. Yes. We're back. Suck it, haters. <laughs> does, does that, was uh, no, that but, too much? Was that too much? That, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure people really missed us, actually. Um, I I've so. heard that people have lamented and I've uh, there's been tears shed and you know, frustrations and people refusing to wear their masks until we go on the air again. And that's just us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you may, you may hear it where, uh, I am not in the studio today. Mm-hmm, that's I right. am still in my little, my little bubble here, but you know, we figured if cases around here are kind of going in the upward direction, unfortunately, we want to be a little bit safer. So I've decided to use the power of technology to broadcast my voice to the universe this way. That is, and you're just that gonna is have to wonderful. Do it. Exactly. You're now, welcome. For those of you who are new, <laughs> Ooh. who are you? Yeah. Who? Who, who, who? <laughs> who let the dogs out? Who? 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 <laughs> okay, that's enough. Who? Yeah, yeah. My name is Manda, otherwise known as the Mandalorian herself. Yeah. And guess what? This is We're the now way. on what? Oh, this is the way. I don't, I'm going to take a quick little tangent here because I need to let everyone know that this season of the Mandalorian by far is one of the best at all TV shows I have ever seen. It is so good. Yeah, it's it is. so well thought out, put together and oh, praise. In any case, I went out and bought a dark saber. What? Really? Did, yeah. Where? Where'd you so, get it? So there, there, there's a toy version uh, yeah. that is at target. Um, and, oh, okay. and there, I actually went out and, and actually got a really nice one. That's on the way from Etsy, <laughs> Etsy builder. <laughs> Nice. So I'm looking forward to getting that. That'll be fun. Well, you already have your own lightsaber, right? From the Galaxy's Edge thing. Yeah, I've got like four <laughs> of them. See, that's what, we're planning our vacations, and literally when the lockdown or when everything is back to world like normal and the plague is not around, mm. that's going to be one of our first choices because on Disney Plus they have that behind the scenes. Oh, it's so nice. Um, it's so good, oh, right? Yeah. It's so good. It was so much and, fun to have it built. It was just like such a great thing uh, that they yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, so good. But anyways, this is The Mandalorian coming back to you after about, what, about a month, maybe? Uh, almost a month of, uh, we took some time off. Yeah, and, because mm-hmm. you know, we went straight through October, one episode a week, and we killed it. And it was so much fun. Thank you to everybody who stuck around and, and enjoyed that little, what we call yeah. our Halloween horror month. Because it was fun. We had some interesting picks. We had some really, really cool uh, conversations. And we took a little bit of time off to prepare for the holiday onslaught. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. I myself, I am Tom Feeney, writer for some magazine that hasn't come out in a year. Uh, so God knows when that's going to happen again. But I just work here, so who knows? So that's fine. Uh, so third season, very exciting stuff. Yes. And hopefully we, we're getting, we're edging ever closer to our 100th episode, which is mm-hmm. awesome. That's probably around April, I would guess. Uh, and God willing, we are all vaccinated by then and have uh, Bill Gates microchips implanted in our bodies to control the population. <laughs> now, to be perfectly honest, this is a ridiculous thing to worry about. Everyone mm-hmm. knows. Everyone knows those microchips won't work properly because they're running Windows Vista. <laughs> now, if they were running on XP, I'd be like, oh, a little bit worried. Well, you know, that's oh, that's true. But, you know, no, 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 no. Does Vista? No, crap. Thank you. <laughs> So but yeah, so welcome back after about a month of uh, what, are we, what can you say we were doing? Sort of joining along the pathways and the ridgeways of podcast galore. I I don't know something Based like that. Took some time off. Yeah, yeah. Took yeah we took off. we took a little time <laughs> off. Uh, you know, just to sort of regroup. I think. But you know what's really cool is that this being season three, we still have our contest going, and we've decided mm-hmm. to keep it going for just a little bit longer to give everybody a little bit of a chance to get in there and get their entry in. Now, if you uh, don't remember, let me enlighten you. What comes in this package, uh, amazingness, you're going to get a custom t-shirt. We've got tons of cool little accessories, including stickers and magnets and pins. And guess what? We're going to package it with love and send it to you, no matter where you live, worldwide. Just by being a listener and a subscriber and a raider on mm-hmm. iTunes, if you would. Oh yes, you're please. gonna be you're gonna be able to get this lovely package and showcase to all your friends, and hopefully in the, in the meantime, not get uh, you know hated on by wearing the best t-shirts. Hey, by the way, really comfortable t-shirts on the market, and it I'm is pretty really sure. Exactly, and you can say I think you know in your experience, these t-shirts are really really well made. They are, and that's probably because we did not make them. <laughs> the fine folks at I, Teespring make them. I offered to make a screen printing thing out of an old window I had, but Feeney didn't go for it. Did you know, I don't know if you knew this, but one of my first jobs ever when I was a teenager, uh, part, of my, part of my job description was I, was, I would make uh, silkscreen T-shirts. So nice. And so I, would, I was in... Uh, my bosses, he had his garage, he had a silkscreen machine in his garage. And my God, the fumes. It was just the craziest. <laughs> it was, uh, I, you know, it was like, it was like child labor, pretty much. It was hot. It was sweaty. The fumes would get to you. And mean, you know, meanwhile, I'm making, you know, shirt after shirt after shirt. Uh, and yeah, so that's, you know, that's why today I can't do math. <laughs> So there you go. Yeah. Mm-mm. So shall I go first? I think you shall. Why, thank you. My first turkey takes us way <laughs> back during our nation's bicentennial. The year Ooh. is 1976. The movie industry was in an odd kind of limbo. The year before, Jaws took a huge bite <laughs> out of the box office becoming the first summer movie blockbuster, a topic which I cover in an episode of the Deep Dive Microcast. Hint, hint. Yes, I know. Shameless plug for our own thing, which is odd. Uh, (laughs) The following year, 1977, 
of course, saw the release of one of film's greatest influences on pop culture. Of course, I'm referring to the hugely successful science fantasy film, Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. Now, wait, sorry. That was, I'm sorry, Star Wars, Star Wars. I don't know how I got that. I don't know how I got that mixed up. But back to 76. There were a few hits that year, but the only blockbuster was kind of a surprise. It was the original Rocky, written and starring a then-unknown Sylvester Stallone. Uh, so there good. Were, yeah, there, there were other hits that year, but nothing came close to beating up Rocky Balboa's debut. That brings us to my first pick, a kind of sort of blockbuster that did okay, but wasn't the huge monster hit the film studio wanted it to be, even though... It had an actual monster as the star. So my first turkey is the 1976 version of King Kong. It is 1976. The American merchant vessel Petrox Explorer has just set sail from the port of Surabaya in search of oil. What they find will shock the world. They will discover an uncharted island that is the home the most incredible creature on the face of the earth. A creature called Kong. Dino De Laurentiis presents the most exciting original motion picture event of all time. Now, this mega monkey movie starred Jeff Bridges and Jessica Lange. Now, in this version of the classic tale, an evil oil company believes that an undiscovered island in the Indian Ocean may contain vast oil reserves. Ooh. So they send a ship to the island to investigate. The ship now has two unusual passengers, a primate expert played by Jeff Bridges, because who else would you get to be a primate expert except the dude? And uh, he's stowed away on the ship because he wants to check out this island for himself. And then there's this beautiful blonde actress, who's played by Jessica Lange, who was found drifting at sea in a life raft, having survived an explosion. Now, is everybody writing this down? Because, yeah, this is the good part. This is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. Now, once they reach the island, they discover a tribe of natives who uh, live behind this massive wall for some reason. Now, because this movie is not woke in any possible way, these uh, horribly portrayed natives naturally kidnap the white blonde lady to use as a sacrifice to, yes, you guessed it, a giant ape named Kong. So as it turns out, the big ape is just a softy at heart and doesn't eat the poor woman and instead has taken a kind of aw shucks shine to her and ain't love grand. So, meanwhile, the oil company folks discovered there's no oil on the island. Great. Now what do we do? Hey, let's capture the big monkey and bring him back to America as a publicity stunt. What could possibly go wrong? So, when they do, much to the dismay of Jeff Bridges and Jessica Lang, who want to help the poor creature, but they're caught up in the whole spectacle, so they go along with it. They chain Kong up and build a whole show around him, but, you know, those pesky paparazzi at the event don't follow the golden rule. And what is that? No flash photography. Mm. <laughs> so the beast is enraged, breaks free, grabs the girl, makes his way to the top of the World Trade Center, which was brand new at the time. There, 
Kong is attacked by, you know, helicopters with freaking machine guns attached to their heads. Uh, after making sure that the lady is safe, he tries to fend off the attacking helicopters, but he's shot down, falls to his death. Monkey die. Everybody cry. The end, right? <laughs> so this is pretty much Hollywood movie making at its most transparent. Everything about this just smacks of pure business. There's no artistry, no love of storytelling, no heart, just business. Now, having said that, it's not altogether terrible. It's just dumb, really mm. dumb. Uh, it is it is somewhat entertaining, and it's worth checking out for the camp factor alone. Um at the very least, it's not going to make you lose your turkey stuffing and pumpkin pie if you watch it after Thanksgiving dinner. So not terrible, but good for a few unintentional laughs, maybe. You know, the special <laughs> effects are kind of goofy with the, like giant animatronic paws or, you know, whatever. Uh, and, you know, some some they always try to make somebody in, a, in an ape suit seem like a real gorilla, but eh. It never really works. So, you know, mm. take it as you will. So let's get to the scores for this one. King Kong gets a fairly respectable 5.9 out of 10 on the Internet Movie Database. And a also not terrible 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, higher than I thought it was going to be. So if you want to watch King Kong, the 1976 version, not the one with Jack Black, uh, you can watch this now if you are a subscriber to HBO Max. Now, mm -hmm. that's something we'll probably have to tackle in a future episode because that's that's sort of new and, you know, we can kind of give everybody kind of an idea what that's like. I don't subscribe to HBO Max. I'm thinking about it, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, you can rent the film for $2.99 on Vudu, Amazon Prime Video, and YouTube. Oh, there was a sequel. Yes, unbelievably. Ten, <laughs> yeah, ten years later, 1986, King Kong Lives was unleashed to an unsuspecting world. It's so bad you can't even find it on streaming media. But just to give you kind of a clue as to how bad this was, you get to watch a giant ape getting an artificial heart transplant. What? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, he was badly injured and all that. And he needs a he needs a heart and a blood transfusion. So they have to go get a lady ape. And for the, you know, uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> it, 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 it's, not even, it's not even worth going into. But, yeah, King Kong, it was a big, they hyped it up so much. I barely remember them hyping it up. And uh, it just was a big disappointment, I think, for most people. And it wouldn't take until the next year to have a huge blockbuster like Star Wars. So. There you go. That's my first turkey. Not bad. Gobble, gobble. Not bad. Well, see, with the turkey theme here, I know that the last couple years we've done, like, just what we're calling turkeys, right? Like, so bad that they're good. Yeah. I actually did one. I did one that I, that I don't actually mind. Oh, okay. But let's get back to it. You said King Kong Lives came out in 1986, yes. right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, luckily, 1986 also ushers in many other historic events, such as, well, Chernobyl, the Space Shuttle, Challenger Explosion, let's see, oh, Oprah Winfrey, her show premiered in 1986, there was, of course, Haley's Comet, you know, and that whole, like, Hands yeah. Across America thing. Also, it happened to be the year of my birth, 
And wow, also, very important. It, it, thank you very much. Yeah. And also, it was the beginning and the start of something that I really wish they would bring back, but it's called the Disney Sunday Movie Night. Uh, yes. Now, this uh, took place between 1986 and 1988, which, of course, the title it makes it kind of obvious, right? But every Sunday night, there was a Disney movie that premiered, and it was kind of like this cool, you know, look forward to it each week, what's it going to be? And they premiered quite a few original films and made-for-TV films. Um, and so this one that I'm going to talk about falls on that category. It was one of the first that came out. So this is called, uh, and by the way, it is a Thanksgiving uh, movie because it's got Thanksgiving in the title, but it's called The Thanksgiving Promise. Next week, Lloyd, Bo, and Jordan Bridges star in a Disney family classic. Goose a Thanksgiving tradition with me and the missus. You raise them for me, Travis. A young boy learns a hard lesson in growing up. So how does it feel to be Mother Goose? When he's torn between his love for an animal... The boys get mighty attached to that goose. ...and a promise he can't break. A man has got to keep his word. Make your family part of this annual Disney tradition, The Thanksgiving Promise. Now, it stars Jeff Bridges, um, not Jeff Bridges, excuse me, Bo Bridges. <laughs> See, we're burning um, bridges thought, right now, and that's not that's, good. It's too, it's too many bridges. It's, it's like, where is Madison County? We don't oh, even know. Oh, brum bum Boom! But anyways, Bo Bridges, and most people will know him from a bunch of stuff he's done, but he's got like this weird honky-tonk kind of aura. He brings that to this. Essentially, this movie is a super family fun movie, and it is... I want to say the precursor and inspiration for that movie Fly Away Home with a very young Anna Paquin. Ah. Um, so in this movie here, um, this is not about a turkey, rather about a goose. Um, this is a young boy and he loves animals, right? He's a kind spirit as most of these young Disney stars were, or presented as at least. Um, and his neighbor says, hey, you know what? I've got this goose that's just not doing so well. I need you to take care of it so I can then cook it for Thanksgiving dinner, which, yeah, like just saying it out loud is very uncomfortable. But of course, I think you can kind of glean what happens, right? The Disney movie. So the kid becomes uh, very loving towards it. He develops a a friendship slash relationship. And then at the end, he doesn't want to cook the Thanksgiving goose. So he has to kind of rally his uh, neighbors, um, people in his community, basically, to help save this one goose. And the, and the good portion, I would say like two-thirds of the movie, are really about him convincing people how important this one goose is. Now, unfortunately, not every goose gets that treatment. So I don't know how plausible it is, but all I'm going to say is it ends the way you expect a Disney movie mm, to end. Yes. <laughs> With <Disney>. now, <laughs> Exactly. So here's the thing. This movie actually got a pretty good rating. On IMPB, it's a 6.9 out of 10, which is pretty respectable given that it is one from the 80s and two, it's a TV movie. Now, I think we can kind of agree that a lot of times these made-for-TV movies are really just that. They're made in a fashion to keep your attention so you sit longer in your house amidst you know distractions like, let's do the dishes or whatever. So a lot of times they have these, I don't know, gimmicky kind of feels or they purposely leave things out and, you know, whatever but a lot of times i feel like tv movies aren't always the best in this case it was actually pretty good and i suspect it's because it was a disney movie channel um it's also obscure enough that it's really hard to find on any streaming media in Mm. fact 
the only place that you're going to find it in its full version would be on YouTube. Wow. Now, it looks like there's several versions. Yeah, several versions people have uploaded. The quality is not too great, but of course, this is a 34-year-old movie. So give it a little break. But the greatest thing I think about this film is that it does that that typical Disney thing. It gets you invested. It gets you invested in this movie and the outcome. And even though you know the ending, you know how it's going to end, you know what Disney always offers you, there's still that fulfillment and that satisfaction that comes at the end. And I watched this maybe, I don't even know, 10, 15 years ago because it was it premiered on, uh, what was the channel? I think it might have been like a Hallmarky type channel. Because what's funny about this movie is that it was produced by Disney and then rights were given away to different like sub TV channels that typically showed movies. And then the Disney bought it back once it became, it got a little more popular basically. Um, and I remember thinking, yeah, this is just weird. Like I don't get it. But then I got older and I saw that movie I mentioned fly away home and I was like, Oh, it makes sense. And like, gooses are actually, or geese are actually kind of cool. And yeah, fast forward to being a freshman in high school and being on the softball team, and we had to play in the softball field that was always covered in goose poop, and it was just gross. <laughs> but in any case, so 6.9 IMDb, and you can find it on YouTube. Now, I think it's worth watching because it's wholesome, right? I also think if you have time, you should check out the other uh, sort of anthology of all the Sunday movies they premiered in those two years between 86 and 88 because I think that you might find a couple of films that you weren't expecting um, for example Splash 2 is on there uh-huh. which was the sequel to Splash obviously um, Old Yeller there's a bunch of stuff on there they even decided at some point that they were going to sway away from movies and then start premiering television shows so once this sort of ended in the late 80s and Disney acquired I think it was CBS um uh, or at least they were competing at the time. They started showing things like Murder, She Wrote on that channel during that time. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, in any case, check it out. The Disney Channel has a bunch of old movies on there, especially the Disney Plus app. If you have that, it's really good. It's got some old, old movies on there. Um, but, yeah, that's my first and only pick. It's a, I've got some really good honorable mentions, which I'll share at the end. But that one wasn't so much of a turkey bowl as it was like a, I kind of enjoyed this. And nice. I would happily watch it. On Thanksgiving, while I'm socially distancing, eating a pizza because I'm not cooking. There you go. There you go. Are you listening, Disney Plus? Get this. Get this going. <laughs> we need to put you on there. And you know, you mentioned Murder She Wrote. And the one thing that always bothers me is that that town where Jessica lives in has to have a higher per capita murder rate than Detroit. <laughs> Everyone dies, and yet there's still people living there. Explain this. And what's the common denominator? Jessica. So keep your eye on her. She's dangerous. <laughs> She wrote the murder because she committed the murder. Exactly. Should be murder she did. <laughs> oh, but Mrs. Mrs. Potts would never do that. That's true. Okay. I'll give you that. Hmm. You got a second pick? I actually do have a second pick. So uh, one of the biggest genres in the early 1970s was the disaster movie. You know, you had hmm. the Poseidon Adventure, the Towering Inferno, an Earthquake, and those were, you know, just a few. These were All of movies which now have sequels and yeah. remakes. Oh yeah, because you know Hollywood has no more new ideas, which is <laughs> crazy. And of course, every one of those remakes for some reason has to star The Rock. I, I don't yeah. know why, but that's you know just how it is. So all of these movies they had big budgets, 
so-called all-star casts that were usually, you know, they usually had a couple of big name stars doing it for the money and a couple of uh, B, C, and D listers that rounded out the, you know, the the group. Um, (laughs) Now, it was inevitable that someone would do a parody of these disaster movies. Uh, Mm -hmm. The most popular one of these was the classic Airplane, released in 1980, but it was not the first. My second turkey also comes from that limbo year of 1976, and it is called The Big Bus. There have been disaster movies about fiery infernos, airports, luxury liners, earthquakes, and lighter-than-air craft. And now, The Big Bus. Paramount Pictures presents the first disaster movie where everyone dies... ...laughing. It's the world's first atomic-powered, non-stop, got-to-be-seen-to-be-believed way to travel from New York to Denver. Why Denver? Why not? In my mind, this comedy is a turkey only in the sense that it didn't do well at the box office when it was released. I must have seen this movie a dozen times on cable TV when I was a kid. So, yeah, there's a bit of nostalgia at work here, but I rewatched it for the podcast, and it still holds up as a really funny movie. So what is it about? Naturally, a big bus. Thank you, everybody. Good night. No. Um, <laughs> so in this film, there's this brand-new, state-of-the-art, nuclear-powered, multi-level passenger bus that is making its first non-stop run from New York to Denver. This bus, it's called the Cyclops, is amazing. It has all the amenities. It has a swimming pool, a dining room, a kitchen, a bowling alley, and even a bar with a smarmy lounge singer. Now, the cast list is kind of a treasure trove of comedians whose names mean nothing to you if you are under the age of 40. So I'm talking about Ned Beatty, Stockard Channing, Howard Hessman, Larry Hagman, Richard Mulligan, Lynn Redgrave, and the unbelievable Vic Tabak. Now, if you know who these people are, congratulations, you're old like me. So there you go. (laughs) Now, being a parody of disaster movies, there has to be a disaster. So there's an evil oil company tycoon who lives inside a giant iron lung, of course, uh, who is plotting to destroy the bus because it uses nuclear power, not gasoline. Great. So there are also the usual characters you find in these movies. Uh, The pilot or driver uh, of the bus is looking for a chance at redemption after being accused of resorting to cannibalism in the aftermath of a crash in the mountains. Well, I don't care what anybody says. I did not eat 110 passengers. You yourself said you ate a foot. You eat one lousy foot, they call you a cannibal. So, yeah. Uh, you've also got a faithless priest, a man with only six months to live, a couple in the midst of a divorce. You get the whole idea, very soap opera And naturally, just like in Speed... There's a bomb on the bus that has to be disarmed, and chaos ensues. Now, this film is not the same kind of like wall-to-wall joke fest that Airplane was, but there's some really great lines, funny situations, great performances, and really funny people are in this movie. And then there's the sheer absurdity 
of trying to cram all of this stuff onto a glorified greyhound. And just all of this together, plus a little hint of nostalgia for me, makes the big bus well worth the trip. So that is my second recommendation for you. The score sounds like speed. What? Yeah. Speed. It sounds like speed, but with laughter. It is. It is a. It is kind of a, a you know speed with laughter, but it's just it's so silly, and it, and it knows it's silly, which is good because you know that's. If, if it's silly and it's unintentionally silly and you're just like, meh, all right then. But it's actually very, very funny. Uh, and like I said, it, it predated uh, Airplane by four years. So I recommend checking it out. As far as the scores go, the big bus gets 5.6 out of 10 on the Internet Movie Database and a pretty decent 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. So where can you see the big bus if you are a subscriber to CBS All Access, you can watch it right now. And if you want to rent it, you can do so for $2.99 on Vudu, Amazon Prime Video, and YouTube. So there you have it. The Big Bus. Hmm. Yeah. Good movie. Very funny. Yeah, I'm going to give that a go. You should. You should. It actually, it's, it's, it's cute. It's inoffensive. And it's just, you know, it's a good time, I think. And honestly, who doesn't like that? Like, inoffensive movie, but funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great, great cast, too. So I've got a couple of honorable mentions. Oh, please. Got it. So first one is the fantastic film by the Ardman Animation Studio, Chicken Run. Uh, because yeah. who doesn't love Mel Gibson as a rooster fighting for their lives so they don't become chicken pies? Then, of course, we have the classic and a must-watch for anybody, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. And then my last one, which I think is probably the best Thanksgiving film ever, Adam's Family Values. Now, we all know why, uh, because of that cool Thanksgiving <laughs> play scene, but that sticks in my mind, and Wednesday is a hero. Oh, yes. To us and on. my last one, last one is Disney's Squanto, A Warrior's Tale. Now, I talked about this film, um, oh, geez episodes and episodes back mm -hmm. but basically it stars adam beach and everyone kind of knows him for being basically in every indigenous film <laughs> like they kind of <laughs> cast adam beach he's also i think in uh csi or M one of those cop drama things um but it's really good it is it's one of uh, disney's like first sort of live action film historical drama type things that came out in 94 but you should check it out very nice. Some good picks there. It's certainly uh, a lot to keep you busy after you eat your lonely dinner. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not sad. I don't have to cook. I don't have to clean. It's going to be actually a pretty good Thanksgiving, at least for me. But, you know, for those of you who are going to have your Swanson's frozen turkey dinner, the one, <laughs> the one where the gravy spills onto the cranberry stuff and just Ooh. ruins it. You know, at least now you'll have some stuff to watch that'll take your mind off just, just how terribly lonely you really are. Now, no. Stuff to watch yeah. while you stuff your face. Exactly. Hey, I like that. Hey. Very nice. All right. <laughs> so that was cool. I think we got some, we gave some good suggestions for people this time. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I hope that, Everybody enjoys this particular episode that now that we're back for season three, we have, you know, we have, uh, we have some cool stuff lined up, especially for uh, December and Christmas. 
Uh, so mm-hmm. we're going to have some fun with that. And of course, uh, as you mentioned earlier, our contest is still going on. That'll be going on until the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And also next week, the Deep Dive microcast starts up again. And this time we really think you'll love it. Oh, what does that oh. mean? Yes, because we will uncover the history of those weirdly relaxing log fireplace videos that are all over streaming media during the holidays. Oh, and I'm hearing some rumors that we may have a, a log video of our very own on our Ooh. YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Stay tuned for that. Yes, yes, yes. So we're going to have some fun holiday-themed episodes that include lots of socially distant good cheer. Mm-hmm. So I would like to know, and I would like to tell everybody, where can you find us? Mandy, can you help? Well, we're located at the corner of, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, we don't, no, 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 we're not doing that. We don't want to, we're not telling the location of the studio. No, you can find us and all of our links on the deepdivepodcast.com. That's our website. That's a hub reel. Mm-hmm. You can actually see all of, you can hear all of our old episodes. Every one of them is there except for the first one because we don't talk about that. No, we don't. We've also got links to our social media, links to our email, links to our merch store, which by the way, if you were lucky enough to go ahead and grab a limited edition Halloween Horror Month 2020 t-shirt, mm-hmm. guess what we've got coming? We've now got a holiday t-shirt. So many people yes. were like, I'm excited about this limited idea, limited edition thing. So here's another one for you. If you like Christmassy type things and you like t-shirts, well, put them together and get one of those. But and, remember, yeah. com. We apologize for not doing the Arbor Day shirt like we promised. Well, you know, yeah. I, I'm still trying to get a, a Mayflower t-shirt out there. Oh. But yeah. Nobody listens to me. Who would you say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so don't forget, deepdivepodcast.com. We still got our contest going to win an awesome, awesome, super duper prize pack from us. We've got tons of episodes if you want to go ahead and take a take a few minutes to relax, social distance, and listen to some funny stuff. Um, you can also rate us on iTunes if you feel like you really want to go ahead and give us a five star because we would love it. And that's how we get to more people. So thank you to every single one of our listeners, everyone who's stuck by us for the last two seasons. It's been so much fun. Absolutely. And I think it's only going to get more fun, funner, as the kids say. Funner. Coming up. Yes, indeed. So uh, stick around, please. We, you know, we, we, we love our listeners. Maybe a little too much. Thank you for the restraining order. Uh, <laughs> but that does it for the first episode of season three. And you know what? We're we're looking forward to many, many more, at least two. Uh, So (laughs) for The Mandalorian and myself, Tom P, stay healthy, stay safe, wear your mask, be good. Gobble, gobble. Oh, no. All clips are intended for educational use only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive theme was arranged and performed by Ryan Blaney and produced by EchoCraft. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Studios. Thanks for listening.